Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Progress Start Podcast, episode one. 130. And uh, I'm Nick Mercer. I'm here with Jamie Mulcrazy. And I uh, will get her to talk more in a second. But first, I'd like to pause and thank my sponsor, Headcheck Health. Concussion Talk Podcast is presented by Headcheck Health. Headcheck Health bridges the gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University and Volleyball Canada, who rely on Headshake Health to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadshakeHealth.com for more. Okay, and uh, thank you, Headshake Health. And uh, also, just please follow me on social media. So, at Instagram, at Concussion Talk, sorry, at Concussion Talk, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And I guess that's it. Uh, it, but we can just plug in the stock and make merger and find us wherever else you can find me. Uh, you know, subscribe, rate, review, subscribe, rate, review my podcast on my website, concussiontalk.com, on Spotify, iTunes, um, where else? Pop up, podcast, uh, wherever else you get your podcast. So, yeah, just get up for COVID. So, you know, my brain to a scramble and boss that. As you may know, I had a brain injury. So we get this scrambler and then, but uh, yeah, but speaking of, speaking of uh, brain injuries, I'm talking to uh, to now Jamie Mo Crazy, who is a speaker educator worldwide, and she's doing her uh, her, her now training and degrees in several different categories. So, first, her, she's also a former SKX game skier and former future potential Olympian, and she'll talk about her. Her story was first. I guess Jamie just introduced yourself and anything more that you'd like people to know about you that I missed out. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, and yeah, to introduce myself, um, well, as you pointed out, I was an X Games professional skier traveling around the world. So I was climbing up my first mountain peak and I was near the top when I crashed at world tour finals and I went into a coma paralyzed on the right side of my body. The fancy words are I had a third degree diffuse axonal injury and I had two spots of bleeding in the midbrain and six spots in my cerebral cortex. And so when I crashed, my whole right side became paralyzed instantly. And when my little sister skied down to me, she was at the competition and she, she watched my takeoff, but she couldn't see the landing because of the jump. And yeah. then she heard the ski patrol radio crackle to life saying, we need all hands on deck and a helicopter on standby. And without a word, she put on her skis. And when she skied down to me, she saw me convulsing, spewing blood, and my eyes were rolled back in my head. And so I was immediately intubated actually on the mountain, which was incredibly fortunate that they had an EMT on staff at Whistler Blackcomb to intubate me on the mountain. 
um, before I was airlifted to the Whistler Clinic, and then I was airlifted to Vancouver General Hospital. And when I was airlifted from Whistler to Vancouver General Hospital, they wrote my fatality report because the statistics of my injury were so severe, they did not think that I would live to the hospital. Mm. Wow, that's a, that's a heck of a story. And you were, you were 20, 20, 22 then? I was 22 at the time, yeah. And you have been skiing, and your sister also was also on tour with you as a professional skier as well? Yep. We were both on tour as professional skiers, and I like to talk about, so I was climbing up the mountain, and then I was caught in a metaphorical avalanche that slid me to the bottom, and then I have climbed an alternative peak over the last years of recovery. And uh, I guess we'll start with that. It's your best person to start with. Where you like to start with your your climb to recovery or your your your, your exactly climb to recovery to to where you're where you're now and are you talking about about the brain neuroscience and your brain recovery and and brain I feel all the, the the three degrees you said you you have but uh those those aspects of what you're what we do with your foundation and uh, that's a lot so we'll start with your. Your, your, your physical and psychological emotional recovery from a brain injury, which I guess you can't really boil down to like 20 minutes or whatever. But, you know, so as it says, you, you, you speak a lot of us, you know how to do it well. So if you're, your recovery from a brain injury, so with your brain injury in April of 2015, and, it, and you were starting recovery, you started to rehab when? So instantly. So I was taken from the the mountain. I was airlifted to Vancouver. I was in the coma for 10 days. Um, and during the time I was transported from Vancouver General Hospital to Intermountain Medical Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. And so as soon as I left the hospital, like doing inpatient therapy in the hospital. So I was on multiple different floors um, and I started living at home. I started going to um, outpatient therapy five days a week. And that is something that's actually awesome because um, Utah has a traumatic brain injury fund, which helps support individuals like this. So my insurance would not cover me to go to outpatient therapy five days a week. However, the traumatic brain injury fund kicked in and covered the difference to allow me to be able to get intensive care in my outpatient therapy programs right away to be able to reach the recovery that I wanted to have. And as you pointed out, um, there's a lot of different aspects of recovery. So there was the physical stuff, which is kind of rare in a traumatic brain injury most of it is invisible so I had in about six six months after my brain injury physically I looked fine and talking to me I seemed fine however my cognition was not all the way back and I would behave irrationally my emotions were not there and so it took years and years of invisible recovery through those deficits, which is why I've stayed attached to brain injury so strong. I'm actually the chair elect of the Utah Brain Injury Council. And as you pointed out, um, have a lot of certifications concerning peer, peer-to-peer, person-centered practice, brain injury fundamentals. I'm in the process right now to become a certified brain injury specialist. And um, so, so what, what, what does that entail? What does that mean to be a certified brain injury specialist? What do you have to do for that? Um, it so basically, it's a they, they have a textbook from um, the Brain Injury Alliance of America has created a textbook about like twenty chapters um, with a lot of in depth information. And you have this fall, I'm going to be taking classes on it, and then we'll take an exam and. Wow. If I pass the exam, I'll be certified. And um, as it is right now, there's only 15 individuals in the state of Utah who have uh, the brain injury specialist certification. Um, So it's not uh, very well known or well sought after. That's one of the biggest things about brain injury, um, which you might have experienced in your recovery process as well, is the communication is really stagnant around it, is what I've been experiencing. Yeah, I know. 
if you know that someone is a has a podcast or someone um there's different programs that are nonprofit programs that help individuals like uh, mo crazy strong my nonprofit um we do peer-to-peer guidance so we give out some videos and then you can also book to get consulting and coaching directly from us as well as go to some of our different events that we have um however even in the state of utah you don't know all the opportunities you have for your uh, healing. Um, and so that's one of the big things with brain injury. The, the two things that I think are the most challenging is that many of the deficits are invisible um, and can be put off as, as something else. So like when you are having your, your brain, your synaptic connections, your axons, we have trillions of these connections. And when they're damaged, your brain pathways are damaged by a brain injury um, that, cause they do get damaged, you might behave irrationally. And that might be a behavioral, like be told as a behavioral issue. However, it's because your axons got damaged and your brain pathways and your synaptic connections, and you can heal all of that with an understanding of neuroplasticity. We know how to create new pathways in our brain. However, if you misdiagnose it and you get the wrong treatment, then it prolongs the brain injury recovery process. Definitely understand that. So, and you were so the hardest part of your recovery was obviously not the physical. You said you said six months later you're fine, but well, emotionally, emotionally and psychologically. So, for the tougher tougher aspects. So, what did you find was the toughest part of say your recovery? Like, what did you what aspect did you learn the most from when you were recovering? Did you say, "Well, I really got to focus on this part of my recovery," or or this learning aspect of this? Getting my emotions restored that. So what did you find was your biggest challenge? Well, one of the biggest things that I focused on throughout my whole recovery was to be my own personal best. And so that means with every day, what your current ability levels are, perform those at your own personal best. So when I was in the hospital, I couldn't walk upstairs independently yeah. by myself. And I wanted to return to skiing. But however, thinking about those big goals was too ambitious and, and too far reached. It, it, it seems kind of overwhelming. So yeah. I would focus on what I currently could control. And so what I could control was practicing walking up the stairs over and over again um, with my sister, my physical therapist, like, cause I had a gate belt, which is like a human's leash. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I couldn't go by myself, but I'd convince them to, to practice with me because I was performing at my own personal best. So that was one of the big things is instead of thinking about what society thinks is the most successful or the best, um, focus on your own current abilities and perform those at the best. Because if I had not practiced going up the stairs multiple times and, and forced myself to do that and, and given myself um, attainable goals to accomplish, I would never have gotten back to the level of what I recovered and who I am today. So that's one of the big things is to just focus on setting little attainable goals. And another aspect that was very important was tied in with the, the emotional aspect. Um, an example is I looked at the view and what that story is, is when I left the hospital, I was really weak and I had been an athlete my whole life. And so it was really humiliating and depressing for me to be so weak. So I would, um, tell my family and friends whenever we would go hiking because I wanted to go hiking yeah. um, that I needed a break. I needed a break. I needed a break over and over about every five minutes. And so we changed what I was saying um, to look at the view. So every five minutes I'd say, hey guys, why don't we look at the view? And um, we are in Park City, Utah and there's always an amazing view. Yeah. And um, even that that word choice like some of the things that we are telling ourselves like i can't do this or i need a break um if you if you change the word choice that you're using to looking at the view then all of a sudden everyone was noticing their surroundings more so a lot of my friends and family who'd go hiking with me were like wow we never actually really looked at the view at this time and so that became a metaphor a lot of lived experience, but a metaphor for 
all different stages in our life, whenever you want to accomplish big goals and you feel overwhelmed and stressed out in the process, because you're going to feel overwhelmed and stressed, just stop and look at the view and pay attention to the words that you are telling yourself. So is is that something, because that that sounds like great advice. So did you you come up with that yourself or your family before or during your training for skiing skiing and freestyles? Free, free skill to slope style, free skiing. And uh, so did you tell you, did you, did you come with that idea then or did you come with that idea on your own during your recovery or was that from your peer-to-peer brain injury support or your, your brain injury training sessions? Um, well, it, it started the, the be your own personal best was yeah. a motto that my mom raised us with. Um, and um always before my your own personal best because she has a master's in psychology and a lot of training on early childhood brain development oh, which was incredibly useful when yeah. my brain was redeveloping um because she knew a lot of strategies and steps which is why um we give out for our peer-to-peer guidance it's not what we say it's all been peer-reviewed articles that are scientifically proven that we we share um, and, and concepts that we share. But so this concept, the Be Your Own Personal Best, um, started during my ski career. And that's one of the reasons why I became the first woman in the world to land a double backflip, any sort of a double flip. I've seen that on your, on, your, on your homepage at mocrazystrong.org.com. Forget, forget the star.org.com. But there's that video that comes up on the screen there. Are you doing yeah. that backflip? That's amazing. Thank you. And and one of the main reasons why that happened was because I was being my own personal best for that day. And so society quite often um, doesn't want us to be our own personal best and makes us um, nervous, overwhelmed. There's all different things that they try to put us into boxes. However, if you are living at your own personal best, you can break society's stereotypes. So that's kind of how I saw it before my accident. And then that concept strengthened tremendously because my own personal best went from being the first woman in the world to double flip to swallowing a glass of water. It took two weeks after my feeding tube was taken out for me to swallow a sip of water. And so it was very drastically different. I, I know, I know that, that day, that aggravation. But so do you, when you, because you obviously do a lot of public speaking, when you do public speaking, do you talk about your, your obviously your skiing career, but do you meld it together? Or do you talk about being your own personal best? Is that your epitome of your, of your talks to be your own personal best? Or do you talk about specific brain injury aspects of brain injury, brain injury, recovery? Well, how I, what exactly I focus on differs to who my audience is a little bit. Um, So when I have a corporate audience, my mission is really to, um, it's kind of focused on like the mental aspect of like being your own personal best, overcoming challenges, creating your own luck, that aspect. However, I firmly believe it's also incredibly important for them to understand more about traumatic brain injury because an acquired brain injury is the second largest disability in the U S and, um, Dr. Fendelston and his colleagues, um, went through and they came up with the cost to society is 76.5 billion dollars annually and the cost to society is the amount of money that goes into the medical treatments but then also the loss of productivity and so individuals if you look at me for an example when i was 22 and i had my brain injury if i had not recovered back to being alive to thrive and able to contribute to society then I would have had to live off of disability insurance and government help for 60 years of my life. And so that's a big drain. And one of the the things is that the amount of deaths from a brain injury are greatly decreasing because of medical advances in the acute care. However, the number of individuals who acquire brain injuries is increasing because of 
more competitive sports, yeah. more balls, more things that are doing. So all that you have more brain injuries and less deaths, which means not, more individuals the same are rate. living. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's the same thing in Canada, at least. You've learned that there's so little known about, so little. I mean, a lot, a lot is known, a lot more is known now when in 2022, and supposed to 2003, when I was injured, or 2015, when you're injured. So a lot is more is known now than then, but still, there's still so much more to know and so much more to alert people about the, uh, the perils of, let's say, perils of activity, because you got people wanting to be active and want to encourage them to be active and, and live, live their lives and stuff. But to know that the injury is happening, that when it's going to happen, it has happened, that there, <coughs> sorry, I'm trying to lower my hands, but uh, there are there are steps you can take and things you can do and just be basically, I mean, obviously you park hard and stuff like that, but uh, obviously just end up people just to be nice and just to be understanding and uh, which I mean, I assume the brandy lines of Utah and the other other partners you have in your state, your remote community is strong. There's a lot of uh, partners, brain injury partners, so you can talk about how you partner with other brain injury organizations across America, across Utah, and wherever else. So want to talk about how those are important to you. Yeah, well, um, so there's the Brain Injury Alliance of America, and they have different chapters in different states. So like there's the Brain Injury Alliance of Utah, um, and those are partners with Mo Crazy Strong and are relevant. Um, kind of in Utah, the um, organization that encompasses it all is the Brain Injury Alliance of Utah. Um, and the certified, um, yeah, so it, it, there's, there's a lot of different aspects, but one of the challenges that I um, believe that brain injury in the state of Utah and also brain injury federally faces um, is a lack of communication between the different sources. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you have one thing, they don't really communicate yeah, with the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the big things that causes the disabilities um, is a, a lack of understanding of brain injury in general. Um, which is why I believe that there needs to be much more outreach opportunities. And that's where brain injury is kind of uh, lacking is for their outreach and awareness. Because if you take someone who had a mild traumatic brain injury, and for this example, they were going to work and on their way to work, they fell and slipped on the ice and hit their head and yeah. they blacked out for a second, but then they came back and then they continued going to work. And they had a presentation that they were doing that day and they fumbled on some of the words and, and forgot what they were supposed to really be targeting. And so then when their boss was talking to them about how they didn't do the presentation the way they were supposed to, they behave irrationally. Um, and those are all symptoms and triggers from the traumatic brain injury, um, which is why we have 86% of those who are incarcerated have had traumatic brain injuries. Um, and we have a huge percentage of individuals who have traumatic brain injuries that become homeless is because it's just a downward slope. And so by raising awareness, if that person had fallen and slipped on the ice and they had a presentation that they were supposed to deliver that day and they had been able to tell their boss, hey, I fell and I, I hit my head. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm going to be ready to do this presentation. And their boss was like, okay, we'll have the other person you, that you're supposed to do the presentation with take it all over or be able to yeah. take steps to just mitigate all of the deficits just immediately. That would be huge. So especially for the mild traumatic brain injury, because that's kind of the biggest increase in the U.S. and I've read in Canada as well is um, mild to moderate traumatic brain injuries leading to deficits um, that can be lifelong. 
And so if there was more of an awareness about it, then for the, for the regular individual, not the NFL football players, which is, which is great. They're taking more action on that type of sporting events, but just for the regular individual or like the kid going to play soccer and they kind of bump their head instead of the parents saying, oh, it's okay, shake it off, get back out there to say, you know what? You did amazing today. Why don't we just cheer on the team for the rest of the day and be there and and cheer them on? And just all it is is that little subtle, if they had taken the day off from soccer instead of going back and potentially getting a repeat head injury, then all of a sudden you have major deficits that develop and they all could have been stopped and avoided if there was more acknowledgement and awareness about brain injury. So that's one of the biggest struggles right now is awareness about brain injury, outreach opportunities and communication between the different nonprofits that are working to give people hope and have them communicate better and all be on the same team instead of kind of competing against each other. I think that's so important. So, so true. Like last month in Canada, I know Martin in states, March is, is brain awareness month. Mm-hmm. In Canada, it's officially, you know, most those social people in Canada celebrate March, not celebrate, but you know, recognize it in March because I can really drink some water. Um, uh, but in June is officially Brain Injury Awareness Month, and uh, so you know I have my uh, the provincial organization I'm with. I'm a I'm a board member of the Island Labrador Brain Injury Association, and we are trying to promote the same exact thing you're saying about recognizing, understanding, knowing that recognizing brain injury is a as an important factor in just in life and society, and just and to 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 do outreach to other other organizations and not compete against you, not compete against the other because it is a health it is a health issue, not like a, not just a separate thing that's should be ignored. It's it's part of a the big big the big general theme of just better health and better condition of how to help how to support others. And my throat is really dry, um, but I will never mind. I'll I'll battle through this one. I'll, I'll get water after. Um, One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, you and you were saying that you were starting to to to, to also try to support these these communities and to, to advocate for advocate for brain injury, brain injury and brain injury awareness. You started the Mo Crazy Foundation. You founded you founded the Mo Crazy Foundation. So could you talk about that, please? Just what is the Mo Crazy Foundation and when when and why did you start it? 
I'd love to talk about what Mo Crazy Strong is and when and why we started it. Um, so it actually was born um, the day after when I was in the hospital and I was in the coma. Um, so after my traumatic brain injury, my little sister Jeannie started the hashtag Mo Crazy Strong. And I'm looking at my wrist because I have it on my oh, wrist. Yeah, yeah. See it super well. It's but it's a podcast, but I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, it says Mo Crazy. It says Mo Crazy Strong on my wrist. And um, and so she started the hashtag Mo Crazy Strong because since I had been an international professional athlete, I had supporters from around the world that bonded together and um, wanted to support me and hear how I was doing. So on Instagram, you could use the hashtag Mo Crazy Strong and it would bring you to um pictures and videos and things that had to do with my recovery process and then soon after we began to when I left the hospital and was recovering people started asking how did that happen um, because I had a miraculous recovery the thing that's crazy is that my miraculous recovery can be repeated by other individuals so there's so many steps that went into it from my mom's prior education um, and, and things like that, that played a, a huge role in my family caregiving. Um, and like an example, when I left the hospital, my right side, like my right arm still couldn't work. And so even in the hospital, my mom started doing this. She started taping down my left side of my body. So I would use my right side. Um, and that's how I rebuilt those, uh, connections in my brain, those brain pathways was by forcing myself to use it. And it's hard. It's like as hard as walking through snow up to your neck. And the more times you walk the snow, it stays hard for a very long time until it becomes easier and easier. And, and now my, my hands just work both of them the same, but the statistics for recovery of uh, regaining mobility of brainstem damage are still single digits because most of the time individuals think the exact opposite. Like the family caregiver with all the love and support that they want to deliver, if their daughter can't hold uh, any, any glass of water or drink yeah. without shaking their hand, they say, oh, why don't you put it in your left hand? Um, yeah. Helping them out because they went through this trauma. However, if you say that, then I would never have rebuilt those synaptic connections and brain pathways because I wouldn't have forced myself to use them. So instead, you want to have the idea of what you would give your kid. You don't give your kid tomato juice on top of your white couch. You give them water in a plastic cup in the kitchen. And so that's what I would practice holding to get go through those steps. And so um, back to the Mo Crazy Strong, people would ask us the recovery. So we'd say that. And then um, we actually became an LLC and then we've converted to a nonprofit. So now we are a nonprofit. And the two aspects that we really focus on is the raising awareness for traumatic brain injury. Because like I pointed out, I don't think that awareness has been raised nearly as much as it needs no, to be raised. Definitely not. Um, and outreach programs. And so um, that kind of stuff. And then also we do peer-to-peer -peer guidance. Um, we do peer-to-peer -peer support. So educated peer-to-peer -peer support. So like I mentioned, um, both my mom and I have lots of education on brain injury. Um, my mom has had education on it for 40 years. And so we give our peer-to-peer -peer support to traumatic brain injury survivors and family caregivers. She's a family caregiver, and that's a completely untapped market is the family caregivers, and they can have a big say in some of the initial recovery stages if they know how to. And for family caregivers, it does not necessarily have to be your blood family um, because some people are not close to their blood family. Um, but by family caregivers, that means individuals who want to play an active supportive role in your recovery process. And sometimes they can be your best friend. Sometimes they can be your blood family. Um, but family caregivers are not trained nurses or occupational therapists. They're individuals that are on your team 
throughout the whole process and want to be able to support and they don't know how to support. They don't know, even if they want to take steps, they don't know what they can do to be supportive. And nobody is really reaching out to those family caregivers and educating them on ways that they can be involved proactively from the acute stages of the injury throughout the recovery process. That's uh, well, well put, that's very important to people should recognize that everyone around them is a lack of a term support system that they can not lean on, but they can, they can benefit and then people in the support system will benefit from knowing people with the brain dream with uh, different challenges and how they approach it. So uh, how can people actually find this milk crazy strong they want to donate or partake there or to, to get you to talk? Where, where can they find this place? Yeah, so mocrazystrong.com is our website. You can reach out to us, email us through that um, for speaking. Um, like I mentioned, I do a lot of different forms of traumatic brain injury. So I just touched on the, the corporate audience, um, but I also speak to uh, nurses associations. Um, I can work to get a CEU certified in the state or province that you live in um, to try to deliver some of those types of programs. Um, I do continuing education. So I speak at occupational therapy, physical therapy, um, medical schools, um, all about the education. And the feedback I've received from that is that I bring the textbook to life. I bring the stories because mm -hmm. understanding neuroplasticity is still a new concept in medical schools. Understanding that you can have someone with these statistics that had this recovery yeah. um, is still hard to believe. And so to hear and, and see an individual who, who went through that um, actually changes some of the things that the doctors are doing when they become doctors, like instead of saying, this is what your outcome is going to be and putting brick ceilings on the individual, I help guide them to um, giving different solutions and steps you can take and kind of veering away from black and white diagnosis, definite outcomes. Um, so uh, as you mentioned, mocrazystrong.com. And then you can also follow me on Instagram, Jamie Mo Crazy. And you can look at the hashtag mocrazystrong. Um, I, I still use that, that hashtag quite frequently. Um, and you can email us at mocrazystrong at gmail.com. I'll allow that in, but I'll also put all that in the description for this, for this podcast, which will be out on. July 12th or lower later, but July 12th sounds good. Um, now, but yeah, the uh, all the information that, that Jamie just said will be on the, the website for mocrazy.mocrazy.com and her Instagram and Twitter pages and uh, her email address. So, all of it will all be on the podcast description. But before that, you are Jamie, so that you are the uh, I know I've noticed that even like. You said like there's not a lot, a lot of awareness out there, and there, of course, there still isn't. There's definitely not, in, not, not in my area, not in your area, so anywhere really. Um, so, but have you noticed? Like, because I know I've noticed that people who know me or know my family, blah blah, blah it's a small community, but know of me that they uh, that when when they have to say they've not they had to fall down or they've hit down the car door. Or, the cover door, or whatever they 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 pause for a second. They kind of ask me, not me, me, or maybe just a family member, my family member of mine, that maybe they should. They wonder if they should maybe pause or take a rest, or should they ask me if they should do anything? And I say, uh, my answer is just like, well, how do you feel? And if you really feel bad, then just you know, it's, I was gonna see a doctor if it's bad, but you know, take it easy. And but. What, so do you have you noticed that more people more people around you have gotten to come to uh just asking you about if they have knocked the head or fallen down or anything, anything like that yeah um people reach out to us and and ask it, or our friends if they go through things and what i usually tell them 
um, is that you want to be careful about what you're eating for the next few days. So nutrition actually plays a role in your brain injury recovery. So even if you have a, a mild traumatic brain injury, you don't even black out whatsoever. Um, focus on kind of eliminating your white sugar intake um, and eliminate your saturated fats intake and, and focus on some things like avocado, fish oil that will kind of help boost your, your brain's capacity to, to um, strengthen those um, brain pathways and connections again, because we, we have, like I mentioned, trillions of brain pathways. So if you hit your head, a few of them will die. So you, you kind of want to focus on helping and strengthening and recreating new ones. Um, so some of your food, I'll usually advise them to do a very mellow activity. So maybe it's like going for like a five minute walk, um, but doing something that has a little bit of gentle movement um, because gentle movement helps your blood flow and um, your, your body function, but you don't want to do like an actual workout or an actual soccer game or ski race. Like you want to kind of keep it mellow for a couple of days um, and then see if you what I also tend to advise people to do is to play some cognitive exercises so like do like duolingo or um do there's so many apps that can um do language learning or memorization and just see if you feel a little bit faulty and if you feel a little bit faulty just keep sticking with like the good choice of your nutrition your gentle nature therapy activities um and staying away from challenging um, activities, events. And so just stay focused on that until you feel like you are kind of remembering things the same way. Or if you have more dramatic triggers, um, then I would advise to go get checked out. Um, one of the things that's interesting is for the state of Utah, um, people who do sports like skiing, um, the ski team at Park City, if they have a concussion, they have to be tested out by a medical professional before they can return to the sport. And um, if that's what we're doing for our kids, a similar type thing should happen for adults. Um, if you feel like you need to get tested, even if you feel like you don't, if there's anything that feels a yeah. little bit wrong, you should go get tested um, to see because most people are in denial about the challenges they just brush them off until they become too big but if if you feel because there are certain situations where if you have a certain kind of traumatic brain injury and you just eat a little bit of extra avocado maybe have salmon for dinner and um you know don't have any sugary treats and take the next day super mellow then by the next day you're fine and so then that that does happen but if you if you or have lingering symptoms, go get checked out before you think you need to get checked out. Speaking of, speaking of the, the Park City and Utah and, and Intercity, Intermountain, Intermountain, sorry, Hospital, um, my, uh, my, my good friend and uh, fellow brain juice survivor, uh, Lauren Zayax, who's a physiotherapist at, at Inter Buono, Washington, but in, in Park City, in Utah, so yes, uh, you you're talking also talking about the joint pathways you had the, we had the last last year two years ago last year I think whatever it was on listenable .com, we did a Lauren and I did a ten part learning lesson kind of on concussions and brain injury and so I talked about the brain fit and she talked about her expertise as a physiotherapist DPT. So she's talking about the, how like recovering from dysautonomy and POTS and concussion uh, and TBI and, and uh, the therapy needs and stuff. So it's, it's also just reminding me. So it's a, I think it's a, it's a course that I really didn't plug enough, but an excellent program that less lessons doesn't do. But uh, geez, I gotta get some better water. I was talking about.
health and nutrition, not drinking water today. I'll blame COVID for that. But uh, uh, yeah, so the last day actually, Jamie, went a little ramble there, but uh, to your board, to your family, because they know my life was my family was so important. And obviously, your sister and mother have been just huge for you. So, if you want to finish off by talking about that, and then we'll get to mention your organizations, your organization and your website and your social media again, because it's been a, been a while since that. So, just but first, your, your, how important your family has been to you? Yeah, well, my family has been incredibly important during my recovery process and throughout my entire life. Um, I am so incredibly grateful for the choices that they made before I had any say in the choices that were being made about me. So um, when I arrived in the coma in the hospital um, and my mom arrived, she found out I didn't have any broken bones or torn ligaments. So she started moving my legs and giving me some movement in the hospital, which is one of the challenges that people face after brain injury is spasticity, um, which is your body's inability to function normally. And so, and getting cramped up and clogged up. And one of the reasons is if you think about it, if you take a, an individual and you have them not move, for a week or two and what would happen they definitely yeah. cramp up you know if you're just lying yeah. there so when you're in the hospital bed and you're just you're lying there and you don't move your body is going to cramp up so doing things like moving and getting it going and even if the individual that you're um, supporting with has broken bones or torn ligaments um, there's still usually some type of movement that they could do. So like if you have a broken leg, maybe it's just moving their arms, um, but having helping them from the beginning movement. Um, and then she started adding some supplements to my feeding tube. It was all cleared by the doctors, um, but you have to take that initiation and those steps to have the outcome because the doctor is not going to add any fish oil to your feeding tube. However, if you go buy the fish oil and it's been certified and it's proven and the doctor will put it in the feeding tube. Um, so there's just so many things that happened with that, with my family. And um, I was incredibly fortunate to do um, a lot of outpatient therapy workouts with my little sister um, and then the foundation that we've built there, it's, it's been pretty challenging and a lot of work for us. A lot of times we think that um, it seems like everybody would just want to be hearing our education and hearing our support and all of the little business steps that go behind, um, behind it. We, we think something's going to happen and then um, it, there's a lot of financial legal challenges that have have been developing um, to be able for have a, to us to deliver it the way we want to. So for us to stick together, um, my mom, my sister and I, and fight through that, I think is really important because we have the opportunity to deliver programs and speeches and, and change millions of lives. And it's a challenging process right now. And if we don't stick with it, we won't be able to have as much of an impact that the world needs right now. I think that's very, very important. And uh, I encourage everyone to just look up, well, get uh, Jamie to talk about the, the website, and the, which would be, of course, and as I said before, in the description of this podcast, that I again apologize for my lack of hydration in this, this episode. So that's why I have Bit like rambling and trying to not say words that'll cause me to speak more dry and not move either, but say the little birds will be keeping my mouth even drier. My throat is really dry now. But, um, Jamie, uh, well, thank you so much. And uh, please, I would just encourage everyone to please just check out her social media and her website for Mo Crazy Foundation. And anyone listening who wants to have a good person to speak to their organization. Again, you check out her website. And uh, Jamie, just, just 
before I before we hang up, uh, but before we stop recording, I should say, uh, just say here again your 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 website and your Instagram or Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. So the yeah. website is mocrazystrong.com and you can donate right on the website. And so donation helps us to be able to deliver our nonprofit mission of a peer-to-peer guidance for traumatic brain injury survivors and family caregivers, as well as raising awareness to traumatic brain injury and all forms of acquired brain injury. And then my Instagram handle is Jamie Mo Crazy. And Facebook, we have the Mo Crazy Strong page on Facebook. And you can email us at Mo Crazy Strong at gmail.com. And I would love to come uh, speak, deliver. Um, I do virtual speaking as well. So um, if you think that your organization or your nurses would like to um, get delivered a virtual speech or an educational program about traumatic brain injury, um, please reach out to me and we can figure out how to set something up. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. And, uh, this was a great talk. And again, I apologize for my lack of water in my mouth, uh, but I know it's, it's fine. And uh, yeah, so, so thanks so much. And again, this podcast will be out on June, sorry, July 12th. So thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you for having me. And I hope everyone who is listening, I hope you guys all learned something new about brain injury recovery process and go live your life, go have fun, whatever your current ability is, whatever is currently happening in your life, just go do something that brings a smile to your face. Excellent advice. Thank you so much. As always, music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound www.bensound.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.